This is Radio Guy Reflection. 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 I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide and say, give it to me straight, doctor, I can take it. Here's a complete disc jockey show with all the modern pace of today's exciting radio. So, you guys hear anything good on the radio lately? On November the 2nd, 1920, the first radio station, KDKA in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, signed on the air. Over the years, radio has changed from radio dramas and live performances to the age of the disc jockey. From the man many believe popularized the term rock and roll, Alan Freed, and legendary radio personalities like Wolfman Jack, Dick Clark, Charlie Tuna, Don Imus, and the men who made talk radio what it is today, Rush Limbaugh, Howard Stern, Sean Hannity, and Glenn Beck. Hi, I'm Dave Denton. I'm a radio guy, and even went by that name on the air in Missouri. I'm a radio veteran who started spinning records in 1974 and have seen the industry change from 45s to LPs, carded music, CDs, and now music on hard drives. In this podcast, We'll take a look back, not only at my career, but other men and women who have worked in radio entertaining you. This is Radio Guy Reflections. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and something I've stolen from a good friend of mine, puppy dogs of all ages. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But TurnbuckleTrash.net is proud to bring you another brand new episode but guess what today is a special edition of trash called get to know your host hmm. wonder who our host could be could I it wonder. be me no. could it be dave could it be chris i don't know so let me introduce to you a man who is the women's pet the men's regret a man who would choose bacon over gold bullion a man of many talents, much knowledge, and last but not least, a person I call my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Dr. David Buford Denton. Thank you, Zane. How are you? That was a great introduction, man. <laughs> I just came up with that, dude. I wrote that right before I called you. <laughs> and 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 just uh, we're going to be doing this about once a week. We're going to be talking to radio people about radio and their careers. And since it's the very first one, Zane said, "Hey, let me introduce let me introduce you and interview you." And uh, Zane, I'm excited to answer your questions about about radio. Oh, yeah, Dave. And, you know, about radio and about you, my man. Uh, thank you very much. You know, much. I, 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 um, I, I'm going to let you tell a little bit of your story, but I do want to um, – this is going to be a serious uh, episode, and, and it might get a little emotional. So, you know, bear with us as, as um, we go through this because, um, Dave, 
I want you to know that you are a very good friend of mine, and you've always been a, a you know, since the time we met, uh, you know, we we crossed paths at a at a professional wrestling event down in Salt Lake, and uh, I had won tickets off the radio, uh, a radio station that you work at, and um, I I knew who you were only because um, one time I, I won something off of your, your radio station, a promotion that Cool 1039 was doing, and it was uh, uh, dedicate a song to the one you love. Oh, yeah, I remember And I used, I used to call in and dedicate uh, Firefall. Uh, you are the woman that I always dreamed of. And he always sang um, it every time, every time he sang it. So. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So, um, uh, so I went to the radio station to get something and it had uh mistakenly got given away to another uh by accident that the promotion that i was supposed to win the the gift curse certificate or something so they the front desk called called you back and you came out and you said here take this instead will this be okay and and i said yeah absolutely thank you so much and and so if i wouldn't have i mean i, I would have known your voice but i wouldn't have known who you were had you not come out of the back that day. Oh, thank you. And so um, when we crossed paths at wrestling, I, I knew who you were, and I introduced myself to you. I, you know, I, I, I know you from the radio, and I, I enjoy professional wrestling. And um, you had told me about uh, a, a podcast that you were just starting up. And um, about, and then, uh, I don't know, several weeks later, we crossed paths again. It might have even been several years later. I think it was a couple of years later, yeah. We crossed paths again at a comic book shop in uh, Logan, Utah. And so I, you know, and I was like, oh, Dave, dude, what's up, man, you know? And we talked for a little bit about comics, and you talked to me about Turnbuckle Trash, and, and I put myself out there, and I said, you know, hey, dude, I love pro wrestling. You know, and I'd love to, to come on your show. You know, that's me. I invite myself to other <laughs> <laughs> And um and so Dave reached out to me and uh we did a, a, a WrestleMania, I think it was WrestleMania twenty seven. Yep. Um interview and we talked a lot about things and uh, he invited me to to be his co host on the podcast. Um, and I had no idea what I was even doing, and I'm so I'm sure you go back and listen to those first few episodes, and they're probably they're probably not very good. But <laughs> I have found we found our niche, we found our groove, we we found that we can be ourselves and have fun and and share something in common, uh, not just professional wrestling. But Dave has been a great example uh, for me in my life, and a great friend, and. Uh, a great support uh, person, you know. Dave is always somebody who's uh, uh, reaching out to me. Uh, it seems like always at the right time, you know. He, if it's just a simple, hey, I was thinking about you. How are you doing? Hey, we ought to get together and talk. You know, it, it always seems to be the right moment. It's always something witty or something clever or something that that always brightens my day up. So um, that's just a little brief introduction on on my. Um, it's how I know Dave and our our uh, our relationship together. So um, I know Dave that some things have have uh, um, been quite 
quite shocking to you lately, and I, I, I hope that, that you're okay, but I want to turn the time over to you a little bit, and, and we'll, we'll talk about what's been going on in your life, and um, then maybe we'll just see where it goes from there. Okay. So what do you want to know about me? You want to know about me a little bit? Well, I'd like to, for you to, let's start by um, talking a little bit about your recent events um, that have, that have uh, um, I don't know what the right word is, Dave, the, I mean, I, would, I know I would, that it's, well, we put it in, in professional wrestling terms, and the people who listen to this, to listen to our our Turnbuckle Trash podcast, I put it in, in wrestling terms. I was future endeavored, and that's basically meaning that the company I worked for no longer needed my services. They didn't want my services on the radio anymore. And uh, yeah, it was a shock. And but you know what? Life goes on. I'm going to be okay. Uh, they wished me well in my future endeavors, and I also wish them well in their future endeavors. Uh, yeah, and and this and this interview, I just want to add, is is not meant to be um, derogatory or call out anybody or call anybody names or anything like that. This is simply just something that we've talked about, and, and I've always wanted to do because I, uh, you know, I enjoy uh, your friendship. So I wanted to add that. I apologize for interrupting there. Oh, no problem. And, uh, you know, once again, uh, a business and especially anything that's related to the entertainment business is a very volatile business. And I consider myself very lucky that I worked for this company for 18 years and that I've been in Logan, Utah now for just over 26 years and that I've been in radio 45 years almost continuously and that's kind of unusual for this business. And I think as we go through uh, the next couple of months and hopefully years of this uh, particular podcast, that uh, you'll find out that there's been a lot of people that have worked in radio that no longer work in radio, or they still are, but in different capacities. And we'll talk about their careers and some of the insights that I don't think a lot of people realize about some of the work that goes into doing a good radio program or at least an entertaining radio program and uh i've talked to several people that i've already got lined up ready to do and we're going to talk talk radio sports radio uh a husband and wife team that does a morning show together it this is going to be a lot of fun and i hope a lot of people will listen to it and spread the word it's going to be fun man Oh, absolutely and so dave i want to kind of get the mushy stuff out of the way so that we can turn this into something a little more entertaining, a little more fun. But um, I, it, when you texted me and, and you told me that, uh, you know, you had been future endeavored, as, as Dave says, um, I know that there was a lot of emotion uh, in in that text. I could tell that, you know, you asked me not to, to go out and say anything to anybody. And um, tell me a little bit about, um, how you felt during that time and, and maybe a little bit of did something lead up to that event or, you know, just talk a little bit about how you felt over the last maybe just year even. I know you've had a lot of, of health um, things and, and uh, 
just tell us a little bit about you know your thoughts and your feelings on what's been going on this last year. It's been a tough time for everybody. Yeah, I it it has been a tough time for everyone. And I'll I'll I'm gonna tell the truth here. Uh, back in when the pandemic first started in uh, April, March and April, I was approached by uh, the powers that be at the uh, Cash Valley Media Group about doing my radio show from home and doing my work from home, which I I fully said, yeah, I need to do that because I do have some health concerns. I had recently gone through four surgeries in less than a year, three on my wrist and one on my neck, and I'm not in the best of health. And uh, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't bringing something in to my wife and my mother-in-law lives right up the street from us. So I started working from home. Now, uh, that I, you know, I, I'm not going to cast aspersions on the people because it's their radio station, but they were, they did not ask me to come back. They did not give me an opportunity to say, okay, you either come back by this day or we need to make move. They just said they wanted to go in a different direction, which, you know, it's their money. It's their station. I, I, you know, I firmly believe that, but it did put a hardship on me. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat by anything, but, um, yeah, it was emotional. Uh, I mean, when you you have a source of income coming in and all of a sudden it's gone, yeah, it's going to hurt. And I I'm not going to tell anybody that it didn't hurt because it did. But the good thing is, and I'm a firm believer in trying to keep a, a positive outlook. I'm at peace with it. I'm okay with it. Uh, it is uh, something. You know, we live in a great country. And we have this thing called Social Security, and I've already applied for that. And then I'm also apply for some uh, some relief from uh, unemployment, and that's going to help bridge the gabbit. And that's one of the things that I'm okay with. And then I came up with this idea for this podcast. And as I talked to people, they were saying, man, what a great idea. I can't find anything like it in the podcast world. This is a podcast that's going to be about radio and radio people, and the influences that a, quote, disc jockey can have on people's lives. Um, Here's the emotional part. Over the years, I've had people come to me and say that I said something on the radio, or I did something on the radio that brightened up a day when they were having a horrible day. One was a woman excuse me, a woman in Montgomery County, Missouri, who lost her son to a tragic car train wreck. And I won't get into all the details, but she lost her son, and I was doing a morning show plus doing news at the time in this small town in Missouri. And I just reported the news as it was, and then I just went ahead, and you know, for the next several months I was being myself. And as I was leaving Missouri to move to Utah, the Chamber of Commerce in Montgomery City, Missouri, invited me to come to a little dinner, basically in my honor. You know, they were doing a meeting, but they wanted to say goodbye to me. And this woman comes up to me, hugs me, and says, and this is the emotional part. She says, thank you, Dave for being there. And I did not know who this woman was. And she said she would get up in the morning and not know how she was going to get through the day missing her son. 
And she said, you would say something on the radio. You would make me laugh, and it brightened my day. And I wanted to thank you. Wow. I was floored. Uh, And you can tell, to this day, 27 years later, I am still floored by that woman's kindness to me. And I tell people all the time that are in radio, we don't know what we do. We don't know how we affect people's lives. We're sitting there basically talking to ourselves. And so we got to, you know, we got to be ourselves. And what you hear on Turnbuckle Trash and what you hear on my radio programs, that's who I am. I don't put on any airs. And I've had that kind of experience. I've had people come up to me that have won prizes and saying, man, I really needed that at the time. Or, man, thank you. It was such a great time to be with my family. And that makes it all worthwhile. Those memories just, I mean, they make everything that I've been through since 1974 when I first started in radio, it makes it all worth it. I, What a great career, and I'm so happy for it. Wow, Dave. Um, thanks for sharing that story. I, I uh, that was really powerful. Um, you know, and I always have told you um, throughout the years that I, I always loved listening to your radio show. And oh, thank you. Um, since since moving away from Cash Valley, um, there's been times when you know I've even just put Cool One Hundred Three Nine the the internet stream on my cell phone and plugged it into my radio because I was so sick of my local radio stations because, <laughs> you know, it brought, it kind of brought me back, you know, and it brought me, uh, you know, made me think of home and, and made me think of things like that. And so there was a lot of times where I would just do that, you know, I'd be like, ah, oh, I need to hear Dave, you know, on the radio. <laughs> Here's something, sir, you know, and I've always admired that. And we've talked about that a lot in our, um, in our podcast of the, the time and, and the effort put into making um, a radio production. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. My local radio station down here in central Utah is they, 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 there's a couple of stations that do some uh, syndicated programs in the morning, but uh, there's no, there's it's so dry and so boring and uh and it's just like oh my gosh come on guys like you know so so i've always appreciated the time that you put into to that you know to to putting into the production but um one thing um my next question or topic of discussion is something that we've also talked about a lot um and it may um spark some emotion too but you know, we've talked a lot about how um, in certain jobs and certain things, both of us over the years have felt like, um, you know, in the end, it's all about money and it's all about power and it's all about, you know, and that happens all over the world to where, you know, they'll they'll fire us or let go a 30-year veteran to bring in a young person to make half the wage or a college graduate to do the same thing, you know, and I, I don't know if that's the case in what happened to you, but I just wanted to touch on that subject of, 
of you know in radio you said it's it's uncommon to have somebody in the business for that long do you feel that it's because of that reason or do people you know just not stick around with radio because they uh, they find something that pays better or what is your opinion and thought on some of those topics well, I did talk to a gentleman uh, several years ago that had been in radio uh, well before I was. He was a, an elderly gentleman, about 15, 20 years older than me, and he had worked in radio for a short time, and he said uh, I had to get out because I wanted to make money. And th- and radio is not a, a medium that, that pays a lot unless you get into the big markets, okay? When you get into a major market, you can make some decent money. Not great unless you're a big star. I mean, if you're a star like Rick Dees in Los Angeles, you know, write your own check. I mean, that's basically what it is. Or if you're working in New York or Boston or even a, a, a city the size of Salt Lake City, their morning people are making good morning, uh, good money. Their afternoon people are making decent money. But in between, radio is not one of those businesses that a lot of people think that we get paid great. But no, it as an industry overall, radio people are not paid very well. And I think if you talk to anybody in the business itself, they would agree with you except for the people that have to make out the paychecks, right? They're saying, well, right. I can, and there's all, and one thing I wanted to tell people, and I don't want people to think I'm, I'm bitter because I'm not, but there's something that I learned when I first started in radio that I think is, is uh, something that kind of transcends every business, every industry. There's always somebody out there willing to do your job and do it cheaper than you, and maybe even better than you, if they really mm-hmm. want to work. And I always had that in the back of my head, that no matter what, there was I was expendable. And I as and I I got I'm trying to pat myself on the back here. I think I'm pretty daggum good at what I do. And but I always knew that there might be somebody out there better than me, that could do it cheaper than me, or in a different way, in a different form than I do. So, and I, I'm thinking that they thought at the Cash Valley Media Group that they wanted to go in a different direction, but that doesn't mean that I, dis, I didn't do a good job because I think I did, and I didn't do anything wrong. They're not accusing me of doing anything wrong. I'm not accusing them of doing anything wrong. It's just one of those things in life that just plain sucks, you know? It's it's not easy, and I think you've been through that, I've been through that, and I think other people have been through that, because even though we're in a business, and I always like to say we are on the small end of the celebrity spectrum, because in a community, if you're on the radio, you're kind of a celebrity, but mm-hmm. you got to keep that in check and know that, you, you know, it... <laughs> There's not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to like what you do. Not everybody is going to appreciate you. And not everybody's going to get your stupid jokes. Like I do a lot of stupid jokes <laughs> on my show. And if you can keep that in your mind, even when you're working in a different industry, that there is somebody out there that, that either doesn't like what you do, you don't match up personality-wise, or maybe uh, vision-wise, for what you're supposed to do. It makes it a lot easier to get through the tough times. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Dave, I want you to take a minute and <laughs> there's a story that you've shared with me regularly that I want you to share right now. Um, you mentioned a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of the celebrity status or being well-known in the community <laughs> status. Oh, no. I think you know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, go for it. <laughs> Uh, wait, wait, I want to hear the story of the hospital gown. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, back in the year, back in the year 2000, I became very ill from complications of kidney stones. And in less than uh, two years, I think it was 18 months, I had 11 surgical procedures and almost passed away because I went septic. So I was one sick puppy, you know. And during this time, I was going to a urologist, and uh, they put in a stent in your, yeah, you know, yeah. so you can pee, uh -huh. okay? So you can pee. <laughs> and they, and, and, yeah, and I had had several of those. And this particular time, the doctor said, well, it's time to take this stent out. And he did it in-house, and he sent me out uh, to a room, and they had, a uh, table there with stirrups and I'm with, I am sans clothing. I am butt naked guys. You know, I ain't got a stitch on me and I have my legs up in the air. Like I'm giving birth and I'm a very much a man, you know, and this cute little nurse who had worked with me for months, probably a year or so. I, she was always my nurse in the doctor's office. I never told her what I did because I don't like telling people I am a radio star because it's just a job, you know? So mm -hmm. I'm sitting there and this, this little nurse who, God love her, she's just trying to make me feel, feel comfortable, I know. She says, Dave, thank you for those circus tickets you gave me. My family and I just loved them. That was the first time I realized she knew who I was. <laughs> And I'm, I ain't kidding. I ain't got nothing on. I mean, I'm naked as jaybirds, they say in the South. And I was more than slightly embarrassed. And then to fast forward, another medical thing that could have been a lot more serious than it was, I had a wound from uh, emergency surgery I had that was in an area that's very sensitive, okay? And mm -hmm. it was having trouble healing. So they sent me to a wound clinic and I go in there a couple of times and it's still having trouble healing. I've got this big incision that's draining blood and all this stuff all this time. And then the RN says, Hey, we've got all these students here from a nursing program and they're studying the wound clinic. Can they come in and check your wound? Well, I'm thinking of you know, one or two students, but after the third time of about eight students each coming into my room, seeing my bare naked butt and other things, I finally looked at him and said, dude, <laughs> I know you're a professional and you medical people deal with this all the time, but I don't, I don't want nobody looking at my, excuse my French ass no more. And I thought he was <laughs> going to fall on the floor laughing, but a lot of these people knew who I was, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it was slightly embarrassing, but that, that's okay. You know, it's, everybody gets embarrassing stories. They're just not willing to tell the world, you know? So Dave, um, I want to take a trip, um, down 
Let's take a trip down memory lane. Dun, dun, dun. Um, let's let's uh, go back. Let's go back, not back to the future, Dave. Back to the past. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, your time growing up in the South and uh, some things of of what um, what made David Buford Denton the man he is today. Um, so tell us a little bit about growing up in the South and uh, just some things that come to your mind that are that that are relevant to what we're talking about. Well, you know, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, and uh, my family was always uh, very musical. My sisters could sing like nightingales. I mean, they were beautiful singers, all four of my my sisters, and I can carry a tune, you know, but I'm not a good singer. But so it was always music around my house. We'd always listen to the radio quite a bit. And I grew up listening to people like George Klein, Dewey Phillips, even later in my uh, high school years, Rick Dees, you know, of the Disco Duck fame. And uh, and I always enjoyed listening to radio. I listened to a, a radio station that played R&B music called WDIA that I absolutely loved. But in the seventh grade, one of the radio stations had the craziest laugh in Memphis contest. And I got on the telephone and called them up and they recorded me and I laughed for them. I did, you know, kind of a character laugh and I won the radio contest as the craziest laugh in Memphis. And that kind of got me going, wow, what a cool thing to do is to be a disc jockey and let people laugh at you, you know? So a couple of years later, I'm in high school at Fraser high school in Memphis and uh, the Memphis City School System puts on a radio station at Craigmont High School. That was in my junior year. In my senior year, they allowed students from Frazier to take a radio broadcasting class. So I did, and I had to go to Craigmont a few times a week to do this particular class. And Zane, I'm going to tell a story here that's absolutely true. Two two parts of this story. A man named Joe Dyer, who uh, was the morning host for one of those million dollar movies, you know, they, you know, give away prizes during the movie. He was the host of that also did some radio. He was one of the teachers and he had us all read news copy from the Associated Press. And I can't remember what it was, but we read it and put it on a tape and then he listened to it and talked to us about it. And he said, I was the only one that got the names right in this particular news story because I used to watch the news a lot. Then they set me in a little recording booth with a cassette recorder and a Dick and Jane reader. I had to read out loud from a Dick and Jane book. Dick ran down the street. And the reason it was, was they were wanting me to get rid of some of my Southern accent. Southerners say things with I in it a little bit uh, different. They say, I mind five and I, you know. So when I come up to nine, they'd say, no, 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 Dave, it's nine. Okay, I had to get that in my head. Five is not five. And so even though I didn't have a bad accent, I did have one. So I was the first first year student to have a regular broadcast DJ shift once a week on WQOX in Memphis, Tennessee, which I was I was thrilled with. But I had to graduate, and I decided to go to college. And I went to Rick's College in Rexburg, Idaho, and they had a little radio program there. 
And that's where Buford was born because it became a nickname of mine at college. A guy uh, that had a similar name, David, uh, was a big fan of the, the movie Walking Tall. And he found out I was from Tennessee, which is right next to the county where Buford Pusser's uh, adventures were taking place. He just started calling me Buford because I'm a big, dumb Southern boy. And it, <laughs> it, it stuck, you know. And there are people in this world that don't know my name is David Denton. They know me as Buford. And it's fine. You know, it, it's a great nickname. I even went by uh, Buford in Rexburg, Idaho, with my airship there. I was uh, your friendly neighborhood, Buford. I was Buford on the radio. It, it was a top 40 station, but it was an unusual name. And that's where the Buford came from. So I I, I, I work at college, and then I get... And I got to tell you this, my first my first professional radio gig. This is a great story here. I think you'll enjoy this. You know the 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 duo Seals and Crofts, Summer Breeze mm-hmm. and all that. Well, they were coming in concert to the college I was going to, and I had a date. And I was so excited to go on a date, go to a concert. What a great date. Can't even remember the girl's name. That afternoon, about three o'clock, I get a call from a friend of mine who worked at this particular radio station. He says, you know, we really need somebody. Can you? Would you like to come work for us at KRXK? What? Yeah? When do I start? Tonight. Okay. Let's say that I had my friend Ken <laughs> take me out to the radio station, dump me off. They showed me about five minutes worth of how the board worked and how the microphone worked and said, go for it. And that was my first professional gig. And I never went on a date with that girl again. Oh. <laughs> but I, I, that's how I got my foot started in professional radio. Now, I'd done college radio and high school radio. But it's different when somebody's paying you to be a radio disc jockey. And, man, I had a lot to learn. I made a lot of mistakes. But, man, it was, it, I, was, I was so happy that night. It was, it was a dream come true. Um, so... Tell us a little bit about uh, some of these, um, like the the radio programs and things like that. Like, what are you, what are they trying to teach you, or what are you trying to learn? I mean, isn't radio just sitting down in front of a microphone and pushing play on the the buttons, Dave? You know, I wish it was. Uh, and I'll I'll just say this: a lot of the college radio stations they do a disservice. They don't teach how to become a radio announcer. They're sitting there uh, teaching uh, the basics, maybe a little bit of, of how to enunciate, but they don't teach how to be an announcer. Or uh, I like to I like to now instead of calling it a disc jockey, a storyteller, because you are hired to sell this radio station. You are being paid to be a disc jockey on. You're wanting to get as many people listening at any one time at you at that radio station. So you're being hired to sell yourself on this radio station and become a storyteller to, to do little things that will make a difference. And whether that's telling the story of the weather or how to approach doing a weather forecast, because you can hear it all the time on some radio stations, there will be like the weather today is going to be sunny and 48 Tomorrow, 54 degrees, and as we look into the future, Saturday, 58 degrees, Sunday, 58 degrees, 
And Monday and Tuesday, 58 degrees. And Tuesday of next week, we might. But there's a way to approach things like that that they don't teach. You know, it's more like, let's uh, let's talk about what's coming up with the weather. You do the radio station. You say, man, it's going to be pretty nice the next couple of days. 58 degrees today, tomorrow. Looks like all the way through Tuesday of next week, it's going to be sunny in 58. Now, you've taken what could take some people 60 seconds to a minute, or 60 seconds to a minute, 60 seconds to 90 seconds to go through this complete forecast. It's written out for them from the National Weather Service, and you've gotten it down to 15 seconds. And what's more... What are you going to listen to? I mean, because you want to listen to the to the radio, you're not necessarily wanting the weather forecast. You're wanting that music. It's all part of the presentation. And that's what college radio really lacks is how to present uh, a newscast, how to present uh, a weathercast, how to present a DJ show. And that's something I had to learn through some very patient people and also listening to other professional radio per people and listening to what they did and trying to get it to what I was doing. It's, it's, it's not an easy profession. Um, we've talked about this uh, on our podcast, uh, Turnbuckle Trash. Uh, you can find that at turnbuckletrash.net. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but but um, we've talked about that a lot, how um, we've, we get to brag on ourselves because this is our show, right? And, uh -huh. um, um, you know, so what sets, what's always set us apart from others? You know, you, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there where they just, there's no introduction music. They just get on there. And it's just like I said before, people talking behind the microphone and, and what they may be talking about information that's good or, you know, uh, but sometimes it's so painful to listen to certain podcasts and things. And we've always tried on our show, you, you bring that radio uh, background too. And you add the, you know, the, the little jingles and the little, uh, you know, uh, little funny things. And the, you know, he's, he's doing really, really good blocking those punches with his face, you know, things uh -huh. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I've always appreciated that, and and that shows. I think a lot of that comes with, um, with knowledge just just over the years. You know, you don't think I don't think you pick that up over overnight. No, by you no don't. Means. So, so um, so you tell us a little bit about. Let's go even further back. Um, tell us about growing up in in Memphis a little bit, and um. You know your your what was your childhood like and and uh, what were some things that that you would wanna that, that you'd want to tell people that wanted to know about Dave um, you know what's some things that um, that that again made Dave who he is today I think one of those things was kind of a tragic thing because my father passed away from a a genetic disease that runs in my family called Fabres. Uh, he passed away when I was just four years old. So there was my mother who uh, had an eighth grade education, and she had myself as the youngest and my four older sisters. And she had to find a way to uh, support us to make sure that we were fed and clothed. 
So she went back to school and got her GED, finished first in her class, went to an LPN school, and from what I understand, she set the record in Tennessee for the state exam to get her license as an LPN. So I'm very proud of that. But she taught me how to be uh, not a workaholic, but to enjoy what I do and, and do it well. I didn't do well in school because I'm not studious. I didn't like, I mean, she would tell me so many times, here, you got an A in uh, in this class that deals with American history, which I love, but in English, you got a D or an F. I didn't like English, you know, didn't like math. So I wasn't driven to get good grades. And also, awards never meant anything to me. You know, people getting on the honor roll and, and things like that. <coughs> Excuse me. I never cared. I really, it never, it never meant anything to me. So, you know, growing up in that background with four older sisters and then me being the youngest, and I was picked on quite a bit by the bullies in the neighborhood, I, I kind of, kind of, uh, went back to myself. My, my, one of my sisters tells the story that after my father died, that they would just see me in the backyard on the swing set all by myself, just swinging. So I've always found ways to entertain myself. And I guess that kind of gets into the radio thing because I've always said what I do has got to be entertaining to me. And if I find something funny, humorous or interesting, that's what I'm going to talk about. The whole time I ever did radio, I never did anything that I can remember that I didn't find interesting, didn't find humorous, or something that didn't affect my life and everybody else's. Because I think people can tell insincerity. And uh, that was the kind of, you know, I kind of grew up that way and then growing up, you know, enjoying music uh, of all ranges. Uh, I mean, I used to listen... Uh, on Saturday afternoons, we used to watch the Porter Wagner TV show with Dolly Parton when she was just starting off. And I always remember Porter doing a uh, singing commercial in the middle for, I think it was a laundry detergent or something that had a little box in there that would have a dish towel in it. And they would talk about how beautiful this dish towel was. And then Porter Wagner would go, but you can't buy them, so don't try, please. And that always made me laugh every time. He'd go, please. So I think I found early in life that I needed to entertain myself because I'm basically a homebody. You know, I people, they say, well, you're so funny and you can, you know, you entertain so many people. But no, I'm basically an introvert and I've just learned to get past that. So that background of growing up in the Deep South and then growing up, listening to country, listening to rock and roll, listening to R&B, and then going through the things that we did. You know, Martin Luther King was killed in Memphis when I was in the fifth grade and all the riots and everything going on there. And then my high school, we were involved in the busing for racial integration. And we had, <coughs> excuse me, we had riots all the time. Uh, my 11th grade year was terrible. My, seventh, my 12th grade year wasn't that much better. So I didn't get that education background, but I did get a background on how to be, I hopefully, how to be a real person, how to be me. And that's, that's, I've always said, I've always wanted people to say, there goes Dave Dutton, he's a good guy. 
and that means more to me than getting any kind of accolades and any kind of awards that might have come. Wow, wow, yeah, yeah, I, I really like that, Dave. You know, I, I, as as myself, as I've gone through my journey as of late, I find it very important to be, you know, be real, be authentic with people, and and I think that's why you and I get along so well, yeah. because. And I also think that's why um, we seem to share those, you know, those times where, like I said, that I, I, you know, you'll reach out to me and say, hey, I hope you're doing good. I hope you're, you know, I wonder if, if that, you know, you and I sharing a lot of our, a lot of those types of things are why we're such good friends. Um, so, so you you grew up in the south you 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 come out west you you go to rexburg you get your first job um one thing that hasn't been mentioned dave is um you have probably the coolest wife <laughs> of anybody on the planet yes i do <laughs> uh, uh, let's just get this right out there right now that teresa denton um, is she scores 110 on the on the test, you know, on the wife test. She's she's super kind. She's wonderful to Dave. She's wonderful to to me. Uh, she watches wrestling with Dave. That's very important. That's very important. <laughs> very important. Uh, she goes. They go yard selling together. They go to to the the thrift stores together. I mean. You and Teresa are are always together. You're you're at home together. You're watching sports together. You're you know you're you're going to Laughlin, Nevada together. I mean, you know, I want to hear a little bit about. Look, tell me a little bit about that that better half of yours and how far after the Rexburg thing and stuff did did all this come about with Teresa. Okay, after leaving Rexburg, I, I uh, you know, I was still in college, college age kid, snot nosed brat. I went back to Tennessee and actually became a news director in Paris, Tennessee. And after a few months, the radio station in Rexburg wanted me to come back, so I was there for several years, and then went to Blackfoot, Idaho, uh, from Blackfoot, Idaho oh. to yeah, uh, Stamps, Arkansas. Then from Stamps, Arkansas, wow. lost my job there. Uh, and uh, then I was uh, hunting for a while, went back to Paris, Tennessee, this time as the program director and on-air personality, and uh, went from there to, uh, let's see, from Paris to Moraville, Louisiana, uh, which is in central Louisiana, Cajun country. Oh, man, get me some crawfish right now, some, <clears throat> some white boudin. I'd be a happy man, you know, and then Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and then uh, I, uh, with my partner, Eric, we we purchased a radio station in a little town called uh, Montgomery City, Missouri. I was so happy in Montgomery City, Missouri for a while. And uh, not saying anything bad about Montgomery City because I can't. But my partner came down with multiple sclerosis. And we had to sell the radio station because we just couldn't make it. So that led to me uh, working in a little town called Troy, Missouri. And also at the same time, working at, in Columbia, Missouri, which is about 95 miles apart from each other, and I'd go from one to the other 
every day doing different air shifts just to, to make ends meet. Well, things didn't work out in Troy, Missouri, and I was without work. And I decided, with the help of my dear cousin, who offered me some money to get me out west, decided to move to Utah, where my sister lived and where my best friend lives in North Logan. So I come out here, no job, no prospects, my life's in a shambles, and my first full day here in Logan, Utah, uh, Larry and Patty, my friends that I was staying with, invited a certain young lady named Teresa to come out and meet me. And I wouldn't say it was love at first sight, but I really liked her. And by, that was in like June the 1st. And by Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving night, we were engaged. And we've been together just about every day ever since. And during the pandemic, we spent each and every hour together. And I I can't tell you um, how much she means to me. And here comes the waterworks. Yeah. How supportive she has been during the last month, which, you know, has been tough, as we've talked about. But the support system has been there. I tried to support her when she was going through some things. And I think we have that friendship love thing going on. She's my best friend. She's my love. She's my wife. And I can't think of anybody else I'd rather spend time with. Not even you, Zane. Well, you know, I, and I wouldn't take offense to that, you know. <laughs> and uh, she's the best. She really is. She really is, you know. Uh, uh, oh, and let's uh, let's not forget um, the uh, Teresa's ribs. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, loaded, loaded, loaded. Yeah, she makes I, some good know, ribs. My, my mom still talks about Teresa's ribs when <laughs> – that one summer, you invited me over to a little barbecue, and uh-huh. and uh, my wife didn't make it, so I brought my mom with, and and Teresa uh, had made ribs, and I mean that's probably been five or six years ago. <laughs> yeah. My mom still talks about Teresa's ribs. I can't all say the she's saying great. And then the other day, you you know you know Juice Ajay Salveson, a former co-host with us on Turnbuckle Trash. I was talking to Ajay the other day. And he was talking about Teresa's uh, WrestleMania snacks when he came over to watch Mania with me one time. She made little Smokies wrapped in bacon, and then you put some uh, brown sugar on top of that. Man, that's meat candy, baby. That That oh. is so good. And he still talks about that, saying that was the best hors d'oeuvre snack she, he's ever had. So, yeah, she she's a wonderful person. Hence the man why I, who loves bacon over gold bullion. That <laughs> that's today. right. And and she likes she bacon. she loves uh, orange Cassidy almost as much as she loves me. Well, that's good. You know, I couldn't <laughs> think of a person to to fall in love with. You know, so okay, so so here we are. We are in Cache County. We are. Um, um, let's talk a little bit about um, one hundred three point nine, the Giant. Okay. Um. I remember listening to 103.9 The Giant when uh, when I was a kid, the, the the country giant there in Logan. That was that was one of the stations that I grew up with. You know, I um, I will just come right out and say it right now: '90s country is the best 
country ever. <laughs> you are a 90s okay. fan, aren't you? Okay. 90s country, you know, Brooks and Dunn, you know, those, uh, George Strait, uh, Randy Travis, you know, 90s country, the best, the best, the best. I guess Randy Travis is a little more 80s, but you get my point. Uh-huh. Uh, so, um, so we're so tell me about 103.9 the giant um was that the first radio station you worked at in logan in logan yes i was working at kodj in salt lake city which was an oldie station and i was also filling in on their uh talk uh radio station k-a-l-l uh, which is now a sports station uh but uh, <laughs> i was looking for some full-time employment and one radio station in salt lake offered me some full-time well, kinda. They were they were they lowballed me and didn't want me to give me enough hours that they would have to give me any kind of benefits. So that wasn't working out. And uh, Teresa had a friend come up to her and say, "Can you help me with my resume?" Teresa made the comment that you know if you hear about any kind of radio jobs, well, that day at Utah State they have a big uh, job board at the college there in the student center, and he saw they were looking for radio people at. KGNT, the country giant. She calls me. I call, get an interview for the very next day. I come up. uh, Steve Skinner was the general manager, and we talk, we talk, we talk. I mean, we spent the entire day together. Basically, I had the job after about 30 minutes, but he wanted to continue to, you know, vet me a little bit. So I took the job as the program director of KGNT, the country giant. And and this is a great example of how presentation can make a big difference in radio. They had the country format, and they were okay, but they didn't know how to present it properly. They didn't know how to to make something exciting. And I you know I can't say any names because I can't remember because I'm an old man. But this is something that I heard my first full day as I'm leaving Logan to go back to Salt Lake City. I'm listening to the station, and the station had just completed a contest for backstage passes to see Tim McGraw, which, wow, what a great you know contest idea. Concert, backstage passes, and they used the song Don't Take the Girl, which is a great song, but it's so slow. So oh, instead yeah. of something that could have been you know, uh, you know, we took him backstage to see Tim McGraw. It's the Indian Outlaw. You know, whatever the big song was at that time, to get get excitement for the radio station, they were going, "Don't take the girl," and that's a perfect example of why I talk about presentation. How are you going to present the radio station? They had no idea how to present the radio station. Nobody had ever taught them. Well, I had enough experience that that's what I did. Came in, taught these people how to present the radio station in such a form that people would get excited about listening to that particular radio station. Now, we did some things good, we did some things bad, but we made the country giant the radio station to listen to at that time in northern Utah. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I had a really good morning morning show host, Sherry Rice, was with me. I could make her laugh. All I had to do was utter a word, and she'd start giggling. You know, She thought I was hilarious, and it was a good morning show. 
And that's that's how that started with the country giant. And that kind of morphed into some management difficulties, not of our doing here in Logan, but with the main management team, uh, some bad investments, and they had to sell the radio station. And it was sold to the Cash Valley Media Group. And that's when I started working for them, which was 18 years ago this month, this month. So, so let's do a little recap. So we've, we've, um, we've gone, we've gone back in time. We've talked, you know, um, just, we've, we've talked about Dave growing up. We've talked about Dave in high school. We've talked about Dave in college. We've talked about Dave throughout the years. And here we are. We are, uh, I mean, we've basically covered in, uh, in almost an hour, Dr. Dave Buford Denton's entire life. That's it. We're done. Oh, That's it. Can I give you? Can I give you my entire name here, with all my aliases? Yes. Because aliases are big in radio, right? So, I uh, if if anybody wanted to know who I was, I'd say David Lewis Buford Earl, aka the Radio Guy, uh, Doctor of Rock Denton. Because I've been the Radio Guy. I've been Buford. My sister called me David Earl. Uh, I've had a lot of aliases over my, my life. And some people call me words we can't even pronounce here because, you know, it's a family show, but friendly show. Yeah. And radio does have the tendency to, you know, not use your real name, but I've been lucky that I've either used my real name or one of the, the nicknames that I've, I've had over the years. And like I said, that's who I am, man. I, that's who I am. You know, and I, I always call you the doctor because uh, one of your aliases on, on KLZX in, in the afternoon, the Dravid Five, <laughs> was uh, was doc, the doctor of rock, Dr. David Buford Denton. I don't think you said Buford. No, though. just Dr. Dr. Dave. Yeah, the Dr. Dave. Uh, now, that wasn't I, a I, name I, I gave myself, man, you know. What happened yeah. was when I was getting ready to, to – they asked me if I would do a, an air show on there. I was using Dave Denton. And then the the man who was in charge of the programming at the time for that particular station, he found himself coming and asking me about a certain song. And I would, I, I know trivia very, and that's <laughs> where it began. It wasn't anything I gave to myself, but it really, it really took off. And a lot of people that don't know me as Dave Denton will know me as Dr. Dave on KLZX. And uh, well, of course that's no more, but uh, uh, that uh, that that's where they know me. And a lot of people do know me as the doctor of rock one thing that is pretty cool i know you said that you don't like uh you know you're not a big fan of uh awards or this or that but one thing that is pretty doggone cool is with your time involved at cash valley media group you have got to introduce some pretty freaking awesome bands on oh. stage and yeah. meet some pretty cool some pretty cool bands man yeah, I, I've been I've been very lucky that way, and maybe that's one of the the things that at a future podcast we can talk more about celebrities and newsmakers that I've had the opportunity to meet. But throughout my career, I've had the opportunity. I'm just going to go over some big names here. Uh, the Oak Ridge Boys. I've introduced them. I actually went to a birthday party with them in Alexandria, Louisiana. Uh, I've introduced uh, Reba McIntyre, Vince Gill. Uh, Charlie Daniels, who was one of my all-time favorites. And I could go into a long, drawn-out story about Charlie Daniels, but I'll leave that for another time because that's one that also will kind of get me choked up. But 
to get the chance to meet people like that, to introduce them on stage, and then hear some of their stories as we're backstage talking. I sat on the tour bus with Larry Gadlin, and we were talking about his drug abuse, and he was so open about it. And then uh, I, in Logan, I got to introduce people like Styx, the Beach Boys, uh, uh, Night Ranger, REO Speedwagon, Loverboy, and get to meet some of these people. It's It's been an incredible career. It really, really has, Dave. You know, and and how, I mean, how how fortunate you, you know, must feel to to have, um, you know, to, to be where you are today, to go through the, the trials and the challenges that you have in your life and to stand, uh, you know, to sit here and, and, and share this story with everybody, you know, um, I admire that. I think that that's pretty cool, man. I think that that, you know, you, you always bring a very, very positive attitude towards things i mean don't get me wrong i've seen dave a little riled up oh, here and yeah. there but 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 he's always positive and he's always trying to 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 think of of how he can help people and how he can you know what he can do for people to brighten their day up I, i've always admired that about you dave so thank you so <clears throat> we're we're here we're we're in logan we're at cash valley media group um we've done the 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 doctor of rock with your you your latest gig was um uh, you did a morning show for uh cool 103.9 and oldie mm -hmm. station right um classic hits know, which, classic hits started off as oldies okay. moved into classic hits okay. not by any of okay. my doing okay because i would have kept it oldies oh i didn't know there was a difference yeah thought, well there uh, is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh you know so we've done cool 1039 for how long now Dave? uh that was in 2002 that we switched it from the country giant to cool 1039 it was thanks the day after thanksgiving uh in 2002 wow. yeah wow um so what a cool thing that's been too you know yeah, to, to be in, awesome. on the and in the morning you're you know your people are setting their alarm clocks to you and they're hearing you in the morning and you know, you really, you know, and, and that lady was right, you know, and I never thought about it myself, but, you know, you basically set the tone for somebody's day. You know, if you're a jerk and you're a terrible, boring DJ, they're going to turn the radio off and they're going to, but, you know, if you can, if you can lighten people's hearts and if you can be funny and if, you know, be interesting and share the news and share, you know, um, stupid news and, and uh, things like that, you know. I've never gave it that much thought as to, to you really set the tone for, for somebody's day, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. That's, and that's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people in this industry that do the exact same thing, some better than others. And, uh, but they all try. And that's, I think that's going to be what we're going to be talking about on the podcast in the future. Like I said, I have several people that I'm going to try to line up as guests that either have worked in radio in one aspect or another, and then some that have moved on to other other aspects of uh, professional broadcast. And I'm trying. I'm not going to give a name yet because I haven't got it lined up. But there was even one that uh, I started off in his radio career that wound up being a major market TV news anchor. And I'm going to try to get wow. him on 
talking about his radio career and how he went on to work with uh, different news organizations. And he recently retired as a, a top-ranked news anchor. And like I said, I don't want to give the guy's name right now because I haven't touched base with him, but we have some mutual friends that I want to try to touch with him. And I think it would be a fascinating interview. I have some people that started a uh, news talk outlet that were doing small town or medium market talk radio politically based. And we're going to talk to them about some of the, uh, you know, how difficult it is to stay in the middle politically on a talk show and whether you should or not. It's going to be a fascinating interview. We have some people lined up that do a, a, a husband and wife morning team uh, in New Mexico, I believe is where they're at now. We have some women that have been in radio for years that we want to talk to them about how difficult sometimes it is to be a member of the opposite sex in the, and I shouldn't say opposite sex, I should say a female in radio. I have the greatest amount of respect for them, but it has been difficult for them in the past. I think this is just going to be an absolutely fascinating podcast over the next months, and I'm hoping people will spread the word because you don't, you know, there's a song by Harry Chapin that that I used in the intro called I Am the Morning DJ on W-O-L-D. And it talks about the bright good morning voice who's heard but never seen. And I think I want to have people understand that that bright good morning voice is a human being who has trials, has tribulations, goes through illness, goes through life-threatening situations, and basically, we go through life, and life has hit me hard at times, but I wouldn't have it any other way, man. I really wouldn't. Wow. Wow. Um, so, well, what's, so let's, uh, before we wind this down, Dave, what's, um, let's talk a little bit real quick about the future of radio and the future of of Dave, um, you know, some people might say that with the internet and um, satellite radio and and things like that, and, and and especially the podcast world. I mean, my gosh, the podcast world! Like literally, you can find anything that you're interested in and hear somebody talk about your interest. I mean, whether it's video games or gardening or or ah, professional wrestling. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, so do you feel or do you think that the, the podcast industry has, has maybe put a dent in the listenership of radio or maybe maybe caused radio to, to go in a different direction? Or I'll I talk think, about that for just a minute. I think that's probably the, the right word to say with the advent of satellite radio, with the advent of Pandora uh, and Sirius XM, which I don't know how those guys are still in business, to be honest with you. They bleed money. I mean, Sirius XM... They bleed money. I don't know where I, they, their loss statement is just astronomical every year. All I got to do is threaten to, to cancel my subscription and they give me four or five months free. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, they put it in, inside these new cars. Well, we'll give you a year of uh, Sirius XM for free. Well, the retention rate is less than 10%. You know, so that hasn't affected radio as much as people think of. I do think that it's taken a little bit of the bite, but I think as if radio is smart, and sometimes we run into people in radio 
that ain't that bright, they will embrace podcasting. They will embrace social media a little bit more, which is something I'm still trying to understand. But the social media aspect and then podcasting can really make a radio station be more prevalent and more local. I'll give you an example. If you were, let's say in Manti, Utah, you had a radio station there that had a really good news department and they did several interviews with newsmakers. Are you going to be listening to a 20 minute news interview on a subject you don't particularly care about all the time? They're going to take, you know, segments of that newscast and put it on the radio. But they could take that entire uh, internet interview, put it on a podcast or on their website, and then people are interested can go and get more details about it. That's the way, if radio is going to survive locally, then that's what they have to do. Will they do it? I don't know. There's a, there's a word in the radio industry called consultants. And consultants, to me, are plagiarizers. And I'm sure that there's going to be a couple of consultants out there that are going to be really ticked off at me because they don't understand the difference between a Los Angeles, a Paris, Tennessee, a Montgomery City, Missouri, and Logan, Utah. All of those are different markets. They might have similar things. They might all have Walmarts. They might all have uh, Subway sandwiches and McDonald's. But the lifestyle is a little bit different. Do you think someone from Montgomery City, Missouri, is going to be all into the same thing that somebody who lives in Los Angeles is in? No, they've got the beach. They've got the sunshine. Montgomery City, Missouri, a farming community, wants to have more farm-oriented type stuff or rural activities. And then the same way with Logan. Does Logan, Utah, are they the same people as Los Angeles? Well, I tell you what, no, they are not. They are different people. They might have some similarities, some, but you got to find that niche that serves them better. And I think consultants are coming in saying, well, when I was working with the radio station in Boston, this is what we did, and it was real successful in Boston. Well, that don't mean blankety-blank-blank-blank-blank here in Logan, Utah to me. And I think that... As soon as there are some consultants out there that will work with the local people instead of coming into a market and saying, you're going to do it my way, instead of saying, hey, let's talk and let's see what you're doing and how we can improve what you're doing for your market and how we can make it work better for you. And if consultants don't get to uh, get to that in their head soon, corporate radio and consultants are going to ruin the broadcast industry. Sorry, that's the way I see it. The comments you heard on the preceding program are not necessarily those of an intelligent human being, but daggum, that's the truth coming from David Denton. I, I think I just cut. I think I just cut a promo, didn't I? As a professional wrestling fan, Dave, that was excellent. Thank you, man. So, so I really like that. That that you know, you talked about, you know. Um, using, you know, there, there's so many people out there that are afraid to use the social media and the tools and the things that are out there today to further their their 
their niche. And, you know, you talked about culture, um, you know, recently, I mean, we've, it's been uh, almost four years. Um, next month will be four years. Uh, I, I accepted a position in central Utah, and, and I moved my family from Logan down to central Utah. And I'll tell you, you know, even moving from Logan to Logan, Utah to Manti, Utah, there's a cultural difference there, man. I mean, exactly. Manti's a lot slower pace. They're a lot more family oriented. They're a lot, you know, it's a lot more, uh, you know, I don't know, just, just, I mean, it's a different culture, man. I mean, yeah, we're all the same. We're all living in Utah. We all like to hunt and fish or this or that. But the way they go about things is, is a little bit different than, mm -hmm. you know, in Logan. So, so, Gosh, Dave, we've really covered a lot in a short time. Yes, I mean, how did man. we do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. You know, and and I, uh, you know, I like I like interviews, and I like things that that don't drag on for four or five hours. I mean, God, it can go along, but but so um, so what else is is going to happen? We've talked about the future of radio. Um, what about the future for Dave? Well, the future of Dave right now is I am uh, kind of retired, uh, and uh, I'm fine with that. I'm 63 years old. I'll be 64 in May. I don't think I sound of uh, that age by any means, but I'm hopeful to get some part-time work by using uh, my home studio, where I'm recording that right now, and sending it to radio stations in other parts of the country but I'm going to be trying to, if I do that, I'm going to try to do it different than a lot of people that do voice tracking is what it's called. I'm going to try every day to, to look at Internet sites that talk about what's going on in that particular area. And I think that's what voice trackers have forgotten, that they, they need to, to talk about situations, things that are going on in the community. And if it's just a mention, you know, like saying um, if you if you live in Logan, Utah, that there's a big storm coming on the way, that, boy, the mountains are going to be packed, and, you know, snowmobiles at the sinks. You know, not anybody's going to know that if they're living in, uh, let's say they're living in Kansas City, Missouri. They're going to say, what are the sinks? But somebody in mm -hmm. Logan will know that. But if I'm in Logan and I'm doing, let's say I'm doing a radio station in Washington State, I'm going to try to find out more about that immediate area, uh, recreational areas to talk about, talking about uh, different sporting teams. I can't just, if I was doing Washington State, and I said the Utah Jazz uh, just won their 11th game in a row, man, they were just tearing it up. That's not going to mean anything to Washington. You know, they might be a, a Portland fan, and Damian Lillard, I could talk about Damian Lillard a little bit more, or maybe the Lakers or some team that's really popular there. So that's where my future is going to hold. And whether that happens or not, I don't know. I feel blessed to say I was inspired, and I believe in heavenly inspiration, and I believe I was inspired when I came up with this idea for this particular uh, podcast. I I think as I talk to different people in the industry and a lot of them are going to be my friends, but they're going to be hopefully people in the future that I just find out about and they find out about the pause and say, man, I'd love to be on your show. That's what I hope for in the future for this particular podcast. Wow. 
So uh, do you have a name for the podcast yet, Dave? Radio Guys Reflections. Radio Guy Reflections. Oh. And that's because oh. I went by the radio guy in uh, Montgomery City, Missouri. Quick story on that, okay? When my partner Eric and I went on the air, it was Eric and Dave. And then we also did high school sports. Originally, we weren't going to do high school sports in this small town. But we found out how important the high schools are in a small town. And people are saying, are you going to be doing high school sports? Well, we decided to do that. And one night, we were in a town called Herman, Missouri, which is right along the Missouri River. And the cheerleaders there were doing a uh, a fundraiser. And they couldn't remember our names. And they're following us into the gym going, radio guys, radio guys, can you talk about this? And I looked at Eric, and he looked at me and said, the radio guys. So I was radio guy Dave, he was radio guy Eric, and we became the radio guys. And I still, to this day, I think that's a great name for radio people in general. They're radio guys and gals, and I was just lucky enough to be able to use that on the air at KMCR in Montgomery City, Missouri. Great town. I love that town. By by the way, I love everybody there. If you're listening, love and miss you guys. I really do. Wow. Wow. You know, Dave, yeah, you've you've had quite the quite the interesting career path in radio, and you know, I feel very fortunate to um, that you will let me. Um, I mean, I'm not no professional. I'm not a professional radio guy. I love. I've always been intrigued by it. You know, the first time that that um, you invited me down to. Uh, we, we we used to record our podcast, um, the Cash Valley Media Group was polite enough to let Dave, you know, use some stuff there. And, and so we would record the podcast down in your studio. Um, and you guys invited me down to the studio when we did that WrestleMania 27 interview. And that's like the first time I had ever really been in a radio station, man. And, and I was like, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world, you know. And, and, uh, I had never, I didn't know anything about radio. I mean, you know, other than you turned on the knob and, you know, my wife always says that she doesn't play an instrument, but she plays the radio, uh-huh. so, you know, and I play a mean CD, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, I, I mean, uh, uh, until, and our, as our friendship has built over the last several years, you know, you've, you've told me about things, you know, in the industry that have always intrigued me and, and have always, you know, kind of um, overlapped into our podcast stuff. And, and um, you know, I, I just want to say that I appreciate the opportunity of you letting me be the one to, to do this and, and, and be the one that can, um, you know, be your friend through these hard times that you've gone through. And, and even though we're, halfway across the state hundreds of miles away you know with modern day technology and and things that i mean a quick text message or a quick call or you know this or that it it, it can really make a difference in somebody's day well thank you you know and and and, um i just appreciate your friendship and um god you're gonna you're gonna kill it man i just know that this this is gonna be a neat show and i know that um we have not heard the the last of Dave's voice, you know, 
I just I I can feel that in my I can feel the universe, Dave. It's yes. telling me. <laughs> so put your hands on the transistors and then put your your feet in the water and feel the power of radio. Dave, I believe in you. Yes. Well, it's been a pleasure. And you know what? It really touched me when you said you would like to interview me for this very first edition. I I just, it really touched me that you wanted to do that. And and I appreciate that. And you know what we got to do now? What? Tell me. Tell me. We got to watch the Royal Rumble. Time again, isn't it? Yeah, it's that time, man. Oh, I, well. I filleted 30, 34 fish last night. So all right. Um, well, uh, and and uh, and so oh, I didn't play all of them. Okay, my kids in the background saying, "No, you didn't. No, you didn't." That's right. And Jackson would know. Yeah. <laughs> but but we caught we went fishing and we caught a lot of little fish. So we have these little tiny fillets that took me two hours. So we're gonna go <laughs> we're gonna go fry some fish and and some French fries and watch some wrestling. So. All right. Thank you very much, Zane. I appreciate it, man. I hope that uh, the future is bright for Dave, and um, this this show is going to be awesome. And and with that, I think we'll we'll call it, man. As as I used to say, it's time to call it a day. And then I'd say, well, it's a day. Well, and then what is it you used to say uh, 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 on your radio station? Bye bye, toodaloo, y'all. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And that's Radio Guy Reflections, a podcast about radio and the people behind the microphone. In future podcasts, we'll look at what makes us successful and sometimes a train wreck of a radio show. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. We'll talk with people who started in radio and moved on to success in other fields. Radio Guy Reflections will be back soon with another show about radio and the men and women who produce the radio programs you've loved to listen to. Radio Guy Reflections is a production of Dave's Voice Works.